Hello and welcome to another episode of the Level Up Running Podcast. I'm Jace, joined as always by Darren. Good evening. And here we are again. It's been a long time since we recorded. Uh, it's it been has. six weeks or so since our last race and obviously our last recording post-race. But we are back and this time around we're going to be talking about um, the Rat Race Man vs. Mountain 2019. So um, I've done this event before, Darren, we've spoken about it briefly on the podcast. Um, I kind of knew what to expect uh, before we headed across there. Um, what were your thoughts going into it? Um, thoughts were it's probably going to be like Aaron Day 2. And to be fair, it was. It, it was a hard uphill slog. So yeah, there's no getting away from the fact there's a mountain. Um, it's yep. in the name, after all. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We, we've, we've both been up Snowden at various times before, so we know what to expect mm. from Snowden itself. But um before I did Man vs. Mountain the first time, I'd not done the Ranger path that you use on this one. Um, was that yeah. your first time on that, that path as well? It was, yeah. So um, that, that was a bit of an adventure in itself. But yeah, let's get through uh, the usual things we do from the start of the journey. It took us quite a while. Once again, this was one of the events where you have to register on the Friday night, which obviously means you get the Friday night traffic. And with this one heading as we were from the Midlands to North Wales, there's no real avoiding the M6. Um, yeah. It's... It's going to get in the way, and that was where the majority of the traffic was for us. Also, going past Chester across the uh, towards North Wales, there was some more traffic. But you know, because of the time we were leaving, we didn't leave till gone lunchtime. So um, you could expect to see a lot more traffic. But if you are going to travel to this one, it's probably worth um, taking the whole day off rather than the half day and getting across there as early as you can, missing the most of that traffic. Yeah, indeed. I mean, coming back, it was uh, it was about an hour and a half shorter. So it just shows how much difference the traffic made. Definitely. So uh, when we got there, we registered, as always, uh, for this one, the event village, uh, if you like. It's not a full event village, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, is at the finish line location, so we registered there. And then we um, got ourselves off to our campsite, which was just up the road. Uh, there's no official event camping for this one, because I think um, where the location is, they just they just can't get um, access to a big enough field for everyone, probably. And there's probably some uh, logistical nightmares they've got. So uh, lots of people stayed in various places, um, both around the finish line and the start line. We got ourselves a little campsite up in Lamberis. Um, fantastic views in the campsite, but uh, you trade that off with having to walk up a massive hill to get there. You do, yeah. And uh, surprising. Uh, we'll probably mention this later on, but... It was only six weeks since the last one we did, and uh, the last campaign we did was back in July. Lovely and warm. Um, what difference six weeks makes? This one was freezing. <laughs> it was a little bit chilly in the morning. Um, obviously, we know we're heading towards the autumn time now, and uh, yeah, it was it was also going to be a bit of a, a wet and windy weekend um, from what we'd seen from the uh, weather forecast before we went along. But uh, we survived it, didn't we? We survived. We did. So the venue, as we mentioned, there's the beer stock tent. So in that you've got beer, you've got food, you've got all the merch. The uh, thing is you're in Lambrace, so you you are in a village. So you've got spa, you've got pubs, you've got restaurants all around you. And we bumped into quite a few people throughout the night. Um, and it looks like everybody took advantage of those things. Uh, the Padana Hotel, we went there the first night. Uh, we had a very nice meal. And the second night we went to the Spice of uh, Lambaris. Uh, both very good food, uh, both reasonably priced. And then it was back to the pub. Now, there seems to be a, a central pub uh, called The Heights, and that's where we went. So we went there night one, and we were in in like a little small bar uh, where we had a good catch-up with some good friends. Um, second night, we, we discovered a whole second side to the pub. It was bizarre. 
Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. We'd, we'd spent the whole night in this pub and not really um, got to grips with the fact we'd only seen about a third of the size of the place. Um, so that was amusement. But yeah, we met up with loads of people. There's, the village is kind of full of rat racers. Um, you see yeah. people walking in backs of forwards, going to get the last bits of supplies from the shops and um, making their way between registration and their various uh, accommodations. So it's really... Um, over that weekend is a, is a brilliant atmosphere of all the rat racers all coming together and you see the faces you've seen at various events and that if you do yeah. the season pass like we have so it's it's really good that it sets the scene quite early for you i think it sets the atmosphere quite early for you and everyone's got that level of positivity and you can really feel that and it gets you ready for the race on the saturday morning yeah yeah absolutely uh andy and i both paid for the breakfast again um so we were in the beer store at about six o'clock in the morning uh, with their nine quid bacon butties and a coffee. Um, they seemed to have been a little bit more relaxed this time because the backdrop was in there, so they were letting people in and out. So if you had gone in with with porridge, you might have got away with it this time. Well, that's good to know. Um, obviously, getting up nice and early to get on the buses. The bus uh, service that Rat Race put on goes from the finish line to the start line. So a lot yeah. of people met up there, had their breakfast, like you say, um, got themselves on the buses. It wasn't too much of a bus journey. It's only about 20, 25 minutes down the road. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's like th- 13 miles or 13 Ks, I can't remember which. Uh, it's not very long. Actually, as our bus was going down towards the start line, there was a couple of guys actually running from near the finish to the start before the race, which I found Brilliant. extremely bizarre. But um, yeah, each to their own, I suppose. But we arrived in Carnarvon. This time around, the castle is close for renovation. So we were all gathering around the pier side um, at Carnarvon, which was quite nice. It wasn't too cold. Um, it threatened to rain a little bit, but then it kind of held off. Um, all gathered up there, ready for the start. The strange one this time was we had a kit check at the start. Um, there'd been yeah. some weather warnings put out by Rat Race to say that the wind was up on the summit and it was cold and it was looking um, like a feel-like temperature with wind chill below zero. So they needed to check that everyone was uh, fully prepared with their waterproofs and things in their first aid kits. So, um, yeah, we, we all had that kit, a bit of a kit check before we started and then we all gathered in there uh, to listen to Keith tell us about our safety points and stuff and get ready for the mass start. Just a, a point to note here. Buses start running at half past six, and as you mentioned, the bus journey is only about 20 minutes. That does, however, mean you are stood on the pier for over an hour, twiddling your thumbs. The buses run backwards and forwards from half six, so I wouldn't rush as we did. So we got up well early uh, to get there, and realistically, we could have had another hour in bed. Yeah, but saying that, we did get a chance to meet up with people beforehand sure, and stuff yeah, yeah. and chew the fat, let our breakfast go through our bodies and, and digest and stuff, use the toilet and all the facilities. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a trade-off, but there's options there, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. So the run itself, it was roughly 22 miles, roughly 5,500 feet of elevation. And um, I ran with Stuart um, and it took us about five and a half hours to complete it. There were two aid stations, one about eight miles in and one about 18 miles. Uh, realistically, they were either either side of Snowdon. As you mentioned, we started off Carnarvon Pier next to the castle. Um, it was a nice steady run for about the first five miles. It was roads, it was paths and uh, little steady inclines. And then you hit the first hill, which was a fair bit of a quad burner, even that one. And that was only 1,200 feet elevation. Yeah, they do hills pretty well in Wales. So, yeah, so even the smaller hill was uh, a bit of a challenge. But we're no stranger to hills with the races we've done so far. There was lots of up and down for the first part before you get to Snowdon. So you get a chance to, to relax on the downhills and work a bit on the uphills and really get your body warmed up before you go into the main climb itself. So um, I quite like that route, to be honest. Mm. So after that, you drop down into the first aid station. 
Um, this was quite small. It was only like two tables in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so we rocked in, we had a coffee, um, did did the same as what we've done in the last couple. We just grabbed a few snacks and just set off going again. I'd even mastered running with my cup. So <laughs> so uh, just kind of moseyed along with a cup of coffee in my hand. So that was great. Yeah, the um, first aid station was right next to where our campsite was. Um, and I remember this from last time because I stayed at the same place. You come over the top of the hill and you can see your bed there. And you're like, mm, I could just go over this fence and I'm back <laughs> in my bed. Um, they'd slightly changed the route and the position of the first aid station this time. Apparently there's a bull in a field, so they had to miss out a little bit of the route. Um, right, okay. But yeah, it was it was fairly close and then got us back on the same path that would have been anyway. And then we yeah. uh, out of that aid station, we head along uh, from the bottom of the ranger path, which takes you um, towards Snowden and then kind of veers off right to um, have a, a slightly gentle incline um, around a nearby hill before it drops you down. Um, and you can see the zigzag path running up the side of the Snowden um, as you're approaching it. That's where the great views really start. You've got uh, views right down the valley. The cloud was clearing by that point, so um, you could see lots of stuff going on. Uh, dropped a couple of paracetamol on the way down before the ascent. And uh, yeah, cracked on into the actual ascent itself. How did you find that? Now, it was slightly different for us. So we were running uh, for, for, for reasons. Uh, we were a little bit ahead of you. So we were caught in that low cloud. So we didn't see any of those views. So the entire ascent was um, just cloud cover. Uh, you couldn't see more than maybe about 10, 15 feet in front of you. And with not doing that range path before, that was... Um, that was interesting, tootling up this hill. And not knowing, not knowing what was ahead of you. And, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that. The only relief you get is, um, so there were some of the mountain rescue guys saying, oh, it's about 45 minutes to the top. And you're thinking at this point, wow, okay, my quads are already hurting. Then there was another guy saying, yeah, about another half an hour to the top. And I was like, really? <laughs> but yeah, once you went up there, you got to the point where there was the train line. And from that point on, it leveled out a little bit, but you're still about another 15 minutes to go. Yeah, it's deceiving. When you uh, get to the train track, um, you think you're near the station, but you aren't really. You've got to run um, basically along the side of the train track to get to the station and then a little bit further on and a bit more steps to get up to the actual summit itself. Um, yeah. Did you go up to the trick point itself? What was it like when you got there? Yeah, went all the way up to the top. Uh, we hit it about 11 and the cloud was just starting to clear. So I got a few snaps where it was um, half cloud, half scenery. Um, and then about half an hour afterwards, everything started clearing up, and then that's when the views really started to kick in. Yeah, we got there slightly later, and um, the cloud had cleared, but that also meant there were more people up there. So literally on the trick point, there must have been 30 people gathered around mm. it when I got there. So I didn't bother going up and touching it. I've touched it before, but we stood next to it, had some pictures, and then uh, started making our merry way down. Now, the uh, path down from Snowden on this race is the Lamberis path. That's right, yeah. Which is often referred to as the motorway because it's the main tourist route up from Lamberis. Mm, it's a busy. big, wide track. There's lots and lots of people going up and down throughout the day um so whilst it's good for running down certain sections are really quite steep and uh, there's off camber sections and rocky sections but the uh, biggest hazard i suppose is all the people that are walking up and down the non-racers if you like they're out on their on their daily walks with their families um it can become a bit of a chore to uh, make your way around people yeah absolutely now on that downhill i so i don't normally get cramp Oh, I should say, I only tend to get cramp if I'm in water or things like that. I think with going up in that in that fog and hitting those lower temperatures, my calves got very cold. So when we start on the downhill, uh, both my calves cramped up, which is uh, was was pretty painful. And to be fair, it's only today that the pain has started going from them. Yeah, it's something you can't 
transition too quickly when you've been trudging and walking uphill because you you really can't run up it. I'm so sure some people do, but normal, yeah. normal people you trudge up, you trudge up, and it's one set of muscles. And then to start running down, you switch in the set of muscles entirely. And if you try and do that transition too quickly, then yeah, cramp just awaits for you. So yeah, um, it's yeah. best to just have a, have a bit of a bimble down to to get your muscles used to it first of all, and then. Uh, start cracking on down when you hit the steeper bits yeah so we carried on down the uh, lambaris path it's about four miles down to the next aid station from there um yeah. for me the sun was out at this point i was feeling really good um we weren't going too quickly in the group i was in but we got to the aid station again more brews more um salty snacks fill up your water ready to make our way down through lambaris town and towards the dreaded vertical kilometer uh, obviously i'd told you beforehand that the previous vertical kilometers on the man versus coast and man versus lakes weren't really um in the same league as this but i think you found that out pretty quickly on this one now this was a beast this qualifies as a vertical care um granted it wasn't vertical wasn't quite a kilometer but it was i think at its worst it was about 36 degrees but it just kept going uh, so it was upstairs it was up through wooded wooded paths um up a minecart track and then every time you thought, oh, well, it's, it, surely it's just around this corner. It'd just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And it it took us, uh, we were moving at a reasonable pace, and it took us about 20 minutes to clear it. Yeah, it's a good little jaunt, that one. Obviously, I haven't done it before. I knew what was, in, what was coming. Unfortunately, I wasn't near you to get your reactions, but you've obviously told me about it since. It's one of those where you've basically just got to put your head down and just keep trudging on at whatever pace yeah. you can do. Um, I'm pretty good at walking up the hills. I was overtaking quite a lot of people, which I quite like. It's when you get the running stuff, I'm not very good. But we got to the top. Um, you've got some great views again from the top, over the top of the Dunorwig Quarry. If you've got time to, you can go to the um, viewing platform that's up there and a really good view right across Lamberis, right across the foothills of Snowdon. Yeah. And then back on for the last bit of running, which um, gets you back around. At this point, you can see the event village down below. You can hear Keith on the mic. You You know you're close to the end but you know you've got more left to do. So run off along the um, side of the Dinerwick Quarry and then get ready for some water obstacles. Yeah, now these were great. So we came down and uh, you get to a section on the road and you, and you look out to the left and you can see this little quarry and some inflatables. And you're like, oh, look in there. And then you uh, you see the first jump and you think, my, that looks high. <laughs> and it was great. So you, you, kind of, you kind of went down this hill, uh, you put your life jacket, you dropped your kit um, and you walked the plank. And I don't know how high it was. I want to say maybe six, seven meters. Uh, but you dropped into this quarry, this gorgeous quarry, and uh, swam out. And then you had an inflatable to climb up. Now, everybody I spoke to did the same as me. Uh, just used upper body to get onto this inflatable. Just so the calves didn't cramp, to be honest. Getting back out of that water, um, which was really cold. Obviously, quarries quite enclosed by their nature. So there wasn't a great mm. deal of sunshine warming this water up. So it's pretty cold. So you had to do your big breaths and then get yourself out. Um, and then it was on after that up to the abseil section. So we'd taken off the life, jack- life jackets, picked up our kit, run along another 50, maybe 100 metres um, to a section where we were going to get kitted up with harnesses, um, self belay devices, helmets, buoyancy aids to do a bit of a um, an abseil slash rappel down into the water. Um, that was fun. It's something that you don't do very often. And and the slope that you go down is by no means flat. It might look flat from a distance, but um, there's certainly some uh, rough areas under there. So uh, keeping your feet during that is quite difficult. If it'd been raining, I'm sure it'd be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So this was down like a slate hill, and and you could feel it at certain sections where the um, the underfooting just just wasn't secure at all. Uh, so it was about two thirds down, 
uh, I remember putting my foot down and just went, oop, <laughs> nearly lost it then. <laughs> but it was great. So you kind of went down, you got to the bottom. They said, right, let go of the rope. And you fell backwards into the water. And then a little swim and you were out. Yeah, and then we finished it off with a, a little slide thing. So again, we in and out of the water. Um, a little bit of a water slide with a bit of a drop at the bottom of it. That was really loads of fun. And then um, a really cold, like absolutely freezing cold little swim um, across yeah. the bottom end of the reservoir. Thankfully, that was just before the end because that must have sapped a lot of energy and uh, give people a few bits of cramp. Um, but then it was just literally run around the field after that and uh, it's time for the finish. Again, it's worth pointing out that even though we were we had everything in dry bags, at no point did your bag get submerged. Uh, you dropped it for all the water obstacles and for the swim, there was a kayak there just taking your bag across. This is um, contrary to what they'd said in the um, event information as well. They'd said yeah. your stuff will get wet and you will have to take your bags on the water obstacles. But as we've said many times, when you've got to wear a buoyancy aid, which is part of their insurance, to yeah. then have to put your bag on top of it is a bit more of a nose. I think it compromises the safety. So, yeah, they were just letting us put bags down and, as you say, carrying them across um, on a bit of a kayak. So um, I think it was as much to protect the rat race trackers as it was for anything else. Sure, yeah, yeah. So the last obstacle, there was a little slope to run up and then a wall to drop off. And then that was it, uh, the last 10 feet, and you were over the finish line. Then it was time for uh, a bit of warm soup and a medal and a picture. Um, And then it was a really good atmosphere when I got into the um, event village. There were quite a lot of people there waiting to cheer on their friends and family. A lot of people who had already finished uh, milling around with the beer and some food. Um, As we said before, you got all the beer and food places in there so you could order your food up and and chill out. No showers at the finish line because there wasn't a camping site or anything, but everybody who was staying nearby was fairly close to get back to your accommodation. Um, I'm sure it was a bit more difficult for people who were staying over by the start in Carnarvon. uh, So then it was uh, back to the campsite, get ourselves changed and ready for uh, a bit more food and beer. So just general, as I said before, the um, buses start at 6.30. If you're going to do this, think about logistics. It's £10 per person per bus. As I said, it's only 20 minutes away. I think the parking is only four quid. So if you've got four of you in a car, you're going to save quite a bit of cash and also you can get there close to the start as opposed to standing around for an hour. Talking about obviously on the race, lots of locals, lots of uh, random people. You meet you meet plenty of people on this one, obviously going up and down the slopes, um, but everyone seemed to be fairly happy. There weren't too many people moaning that um, their walk up Snowdon was impeded by 600 people running. I did see a couple of mountain bikers rather annoyed. <laughs> now, being mountain bikers ourselves, we obviously understand that people get in the way when you're trying to get a bit of speed up, and certainly if he's mm. on the way down the hill, which is the interesting bit, and we're walking up and slowing him down um i can see why he's annoyed yeah, yeah. but unfortunately you know it's not like you can't uh, see that these things are going on so it's a bit of uh, prior plan on his part and he wouldn't have been too bothered would he well, in terms of kit what were you wearing this time on the feet i had the brooks cascadia they were fantastic unfortunately we've got about 600 miles on the clock so they're about to be retired i had all the normal kit I had my innovate jacket on again um again that kept me lovely and warm even when it got bloody cold at the top. Yeah, just, just the kind of standard stuff. The uh, Great Glen bag um, starting to look a bit tatty now, but uh, again, it, it's a good bag. I like where all the pockets are. Um, didn't bounce too much. So yeah, pretty good. Um, yourself, so you, you had the same stuff. You had the ISOs on. Once again, I was wearing the Peregrine ISOs. Uh, they are really fantastic shoes. They're getting a bit tatty now from a lot of the things we've done. They're starting to show signs of damage, but I'm not exactly gentle on my feet, on my shoes. Obviously, we've talked a bit more in-depth on the other shows about kit, so if you want to uh, have a bit more info, listen to those, certainly. But all the kit has uh, kept us going, and um, you know, nearing the end of the season as we are, I think we've made some sensible choices. 
Uh, I, I guess that's one thing I would say is that if you listen to this as the first one, don't scrimp on kit. In early days, we've had cheaper kit and we've paid the price. That is one of our big lessons to learn. In terms of lessons learned as well, uh, you said about it um, coming out of summer now into autumn time. We can't underestimate the weather anywhere we go. Obviously, we're in the UK with these races, and, and this one particularly, on a bad day, Snowden can be awful. And yes, as much as they'll try and change the routes if the summit is um, really dangerous, um, you've got to be able to look after yourself and make sure that uh, all your kit and everything you've got is, is prepared for it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Thoughts on the next big race, which for us is the Ultra Tour Edinburgh. Now, we do have the Hell Runner up north and we've got the Survival in between, but to be fair, I'm focused on the Edinburgh one. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be about 34 miles. I tell you what I am looking forward to, not driving. Yeah, it's going to be different, isn't it? Flying up there. Flying up there and we're also staying somewhere with the roof over our heads as opposed to camping. So it's, it's, I think that's going to be a very interesting feel for us. Going to treat ourselves for the last race of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, my fitness hasn't been great recently, but I was spurred on by the race at the weekend uh, up the mountain. I know that I can do the distance and the time. I know that I've got the right kit. So I've got really nothing to worry about. I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm going to try and push it for the last one or if I'm going to try and enjoy it. I don't know. But um, I know that either way, the fellow rat races are going to be around us and it's going to be a great time and a great way to finish the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just finally, numbers... Based on the spreadsheet that Rat Race provided, there were 961 runners. Uh, the finishing times were somewhere between, uh, sorry, three and three quarter hours to nine and a half hours. I think Andy came in about four and a half. We came in about five and a half. And um, the group that you were with were running a little bit slower. So you, you took a little bit longer than that. But we're all still middle of the pack. Yeah, the very idea of somebody doing that race in 3.45 blows my brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because you can't get away from the hills. They're, they're there. So there must have been an awful lot of running up hills going on to get around yeah. that time. But fair play. There's some machines and some people who've trained for the entire year and uh, and got better and better as the events have gone by. And as much as I don't see those guys because they disappear off ahead, um, I know they're around. And I see some of the pictures and some of the times they're doing. It's just amazing. The whole season's been amazing so far. I think... Um, We've done some fantastic things. We've met some fantastic people and look forward to these last few events now and, um, yeah, wrapping it all up with uh, a few more successful events. Yeah. Nice one. So, um, yeah, we'll be back again after the next event. Looking forward to catching anybody um, who has been listening out and about on the trails. And, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Goodbye.